Farmers and Distillers Dining Room and Patio are now open and accepting reservations. They're following all the government guidelines so you can choose to dine out safely or if you want to stay in, they've got you covered. You can order for curbside pickup or delivery online at FarmersAndDistillers.com. They're also still offering a robust one-stop shop founding farmers market and grocery for all your daily grocery needs. Offerings include fresh produce, a prepared foods market, full bakery, butcher and deli, house-churned ice cream, house-roasted coffee, wine, beer and more. Visit FoundingFarmersMarket.com to order. Same-day delivery available. This is Big Sean. We're Fifth Harmony. What's happening? This is Adam Levine from Maroon 5. I'm Calvin Harris. Yours truly, Jason Derulo. Hi, we're One Direction, and this is Gary Hoffman. This is Selena Gomez. This is Shannon Farron. This is Rihanna. Gary. What's up, guys? This is Justin Bieber. Shannon. And you are behind the scenes. Gary and Shannon. You don't gotta go to it was a shock to the system. I was like, no, this cannot continue. You thought someone was in the bathroom with you? Yes. I was like, who's that extra person? Damn. Wait a minute. <laughs> she a big fat girl. Oh, my lanta. Boy. Holy hell. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Got to get back on that treadmill. Somebody's got to. Somebody's. Well, that person is me. <laughs> Holy. Well, you took one day off. You see, you announced to, to us that you weren't going to work out I yesterday. I know. There, there'll be no more rest days after what I saw. <laughs> it's okay. After what I saw. Uh, after what I saw. Uh, uh, I, hey, I just sent or, you. Hey, just take mirrors out. I have too many mirrors. That's that is I mean, absolutely correct. Just do the one mirror. Like you don't yeah. need the one back there also oh because Lord. then you start seeing other people and oh, you're like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I don't remember that tattoo. I don't remember that nine pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't eat cheese every day. Huh? There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe lay off the sourdough. Did you have been mainlining? Did you see this? This is the uh, hmm, this the is big the, baby. You know what this is the sound of? Hold on a second. Let me turn that up. Man, who turns this down every day? What is John doing here? Here's this thing. Okay, that's a helicopter, but you hear the background? Planes. Yes. The Blue Angels. How many of them? Eight. Twelve. Six Blue Angels. Six Air Force Thunderbirds. Where was the this? first time in the history of either of the demonstration teams that they have flown together? Oh, is that's my understanding. cool. Where was that? Uh, that was over the coast of New York. Uh, it was over New York, New Jersey, and they were going to fly by Philadelphia as well. Hey, do you remember True Crime Tuesday? It was a thing we did before the end of the world. Is that where we talked about uh, true crime cases? Yeah. 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 Uh, I just Vaguely. sent you an article. We're going to revive True Crime Tuesday coming up in the 11 o'clock hour just to just to get something uh, a little different going on. Okay. So something to look forward to. All right. Can we also talk about that big baby? Oh, man, that's a big baby. Is that a real baby? Or well, is that like... What do you like, mean, like a robot baby? Or... or is that like a toddler that looks like a baby? I think we're on the edge of that. I think that's more of what is it is. Is that like, like a three-year-old that well, is baby face? Pretty coordinated. <laughs> yeah. That for a for a baby, but looks way too young for the size of that m- monster. He is the star on TikTok, which I don't know about because I'm not 15. Right, but 
there's a weird thing. You were watching one of those videos of this big baby. Yeah. And he's running towards the camera. And it, it he just kept getting bigger. And even on a little computer screen, I took a step back. Like, oh, God, this thing's going to hurt if he hits me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about Big Baby coming up later. We have another Big Baby. We have we have Eric Garcetti to deal with, and um, I, I need. I love you for that, right? Okay. And I need you now, right? You know the old expression about snitches. Yes, they well, can. Well, in this case, mm-hmm. snitches get rewards. Yes, we <laughs> want to thank you. For the best thing ever. Oh my God. Sure all safe. Um, yesterday. He's totally that kid that told on you when you were like cheating in, in grade school. Right. right. You're like, you, your friends sharing answers with you and, and Eric Garcetti's in the, in the, in the desk nest you. And he's just like raising his hand. Mr. Jones. Yeah. Mr. Jones. Shannon is looking at a three by five card. She has the answers written down. It's yeah. on her lap. You could check. And then Shannon just reaches over and punches him in the throat. And he talks about that in his uh, entrance exam to Oxford. Yeah. He's like, there was a time in the fifth grade where I felt justified in my unveiling of a cheating scandal. I met the moment Ugh. and the like. Yesterday, the mayor of Los Angeles. Oh, OK, you'll have to pardon me because I feel like lately uh, at night I've tried to avoid getting into the, like I go home. I just want to watch a dumb show. I don't yeah, want to talk about that. I don't want to. Uh, but my wife and I will start these conversations innocuous enough like, hey, What's for dinner? And then it ends up being, well, why are we spending 19 billion with a B dollars on a stupid effing train somewhere, but we can't get serology testing through the state of California? Why? Can you tell me? I don't know. And then we're not arguing with each other, but we're just, it's heated. This is a heated time for yeah. people, right? Right. And listen, I'm not even unemployed. That's the other thing that blows me away about this. I get heated about this. I have a job that I could drive to every day. Right. And there are people out there. We got a tweet from somebody yesterday that they had been 37 days without a paycheck. 37 days without a paycheck. Now, I don't know how prepared people are for going 37 days without a paycheck, but to then deal with the state bureaucracy in terms of you guys shut it down. You promised you would take care of me. And now I'm dangling by a thread. Right. The more testing... The more serology tests, the more quickly those people will be getting a paycheck again. Not to mention the people who that we've talked to every day when you just look at local uh, restaurants, that the longer it is that the tests aren't available widespread, the greater chance that they never get a paycheck from that restaurant Ever. again. Yes, and they close down. That's, right. that's terrifying. Now, I've taken to... Um, do you remember A Beautiful Mind? Sure. Russell Crowe, where he had that little shed and he had all the red yarn going. Yes. To, I feel like I've gotten, I'm just on the verge of that. Thank God I don't have any red yarn or else it would be all over the place. Yeah, your face says to me, Beautiful Mind. But yesterday. I can see the numbers the, <laughs> and all the my forehead. symbols. Yes. The mayor of Los Angeles tweeted at 521 yesterday. Today, the county reported 900 new cases, bringing the total to 20,417, a 5% increase since yesterday. In the city, 493 new cases today, bringing the total to 9,389, a 5.5% increase since yesterday. The mayor, Dr. Barbara Freire, Catherine Barger, Governor Newsom, anybody who people are listening to spout these numbers they need to start tying those numbers to something. You can't just say 
20,000 people tested positive and that it's a 5% increase. That number means nothing right. because it's not tethered to the population. You need to have some perspective with those numbers. And like we said yesterday, a goal to hit. We need, uh, and I, I penned this out, we need the number of daily deaths. That is an important number. Side note about that. San Francisco, the very first area that was really hit in California in terms of I just had locking to turn you down. down. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I saw that move and I, I, know, I feel oh, bad. step back a second. San Francisco. San Francisco County has a population of about 800,000 people, 800,000 and change. And they were the first to be terrified about the number of deaths that were coming. How many people have died in San Francisco County since the beginning of this year from coronavirus? Wild guess. Uh, 700. Wrong. 23 people. In San Francisco. In San Francisco County. Well, that's just San Francisco. Doesn't matter. It's 800,000 people. That's true. I mean, they're not Santa Clara. Santa Clara County had the big outbreak in right. nursing homes, and they had a problem as well. But right. we're talking, I mean, the the number of daily deaths is important because even it's a lagging indicator because those people got sick. If they die today, they got sick three weeks, four weeks, maybe five weeks ago. And that's a lagging indicator. But it is an indicator that's tied to the actual mortality when you look at the percentage of the population. The other thing we need to pay attention to is the number of daily hospital admissions. How many people are so sick that they have to go to the hospital, not the doctor, but have to be admitted to the hospital for care? That's an important number. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, just the serology testing. How how prevalent is this thing? How many people have had this? That's where, when we talk about herd immunity and getting past this, that's the testing that people are going to be most comfortable with in terms of bumping it up so that we can reopen. I'm going to go buy some red yarn. Okay. That's all. All right. Gary and Shannon will continue. So why don't you just make me in the middle? In the middle. And another Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. 23. 23 people in San Francisco have died from this. And San Francisco was supposed to be, we thought, one of the main areas where people were going to croak from this because of, at least in California, one of the highest um, uh, capacity, highest... uh, what am I looking Dense for? area. Density, thank you. High um, density when it comes to population. But remember, those six counties were the first to shut down. Right, which is, I a, mean, which I, is a great thing. Yeah. That is an amazing, amazing thing. And throughout that Bay Area, there's, you know, a few hundred people. But in San Francisco, the highest density area that we've seen in the, in the state of California, only 23 people have died. Um, the... Uh, the other thing about this that is that we won't know yet, you know, I talked about the lagging indicator of deaths being the infections that happened three or four weeks ago are the ones that are dying today. The issue of how many more deaths are attributed to this outside of the ordinary. In, in L.A. County, there's somewhere between 160, 170 people who die every day, just period, before, before coronavirus 160, 170 people from all kinds of stuff, emphysema, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, accidents, gunshot, all 160, 170. So if on a regular basis, like the last few days, we've averaged about 35 or 40 deaths 
a day attributed to coronavirus. Are those canceling out those other deaths? Because we've seen emergency room visits go down. I mean, there are places where they used to see hundreds of people every day in the emergency rooms, and they're seeing a couple dozen. Part of it is because accidents are down, crime is down. I mean, all those other things. So are we replacing those normal everyday deaths with coronavirus deaths? And if we look back over the course of the last, I don't know, two months, is our average daily death rate the same? It's just that the coronavirus has taken the place of all these other normal causes of death that we would see. I know that the coronavirus, according to the county, has become the leading cause of death just in, in terms of sheer numbers now. Um, but the state, the state is another one. The state has 700 plus people who die every single day. Every day, we're talking about a, f- a few dozen, several dozen people who are dying from coronavirus, not the 700 who die statewide from other stuff. And that, that we won't know that. I mean, public health is going to have to go back and determine which of the people who have died died specifically from coronavirus or they just had it. Like they had it in their pocket. And in, and in some caused- cases, you won't be able to know right. if that person was going to die anyway or if, uh, you know, in, in a week or two. And coronavirus just sped it up. I mean, there's going to be a number of cases where it's going to be very hard to determine what exactly it was. Um, the president has said that states should consider, seriously consider, reopening their schools before the end of the academic year. Um, of course, dozens of schools have said it would be unsafe for students to return until the summer or the fall. But it is a conversation that is being held in other countries as well. France has detailed plans today to start opening schools on May 11th with limits on class size and rules requiring face masks. Uh, Italy intends to keep schools closed until September. Of course, Italy, one of the hardest hit places. But it does open up the question of. Sure, kids could be carriers for this and putting them together. I mean, you wouldn't have classes normal Again, you'd have kids spaced out. You'd have them in masks. You've had all the teachers in masks. You'd have all the social distancing rules. Um, But it it brings up the question of, well, isn't there going to be a higher transmission rate between them? And then does it's longer till they get to see grandpa and grandma or or what? Um, But it is one of those questions because it doesn't seem like kids are getting hit by this at all. No. It's, they are not. Zero. I mean, they, they've tested positive, but in terms of deaths, the rate is so minuscule, infinitesimal. When if it comes there to were the kids children. in the ICU, we'd hear about it. It would be in the news. Right. Listen, even the, the one death of somebody from L.A. County that was under the age of 18 was that kid from uh, from uh, Lancaster. And remember, they originally said it was a COVID-19 yeah, death and did. then said, well, we don't, we don't know. know that and was, we haven't heard about him for a month. Yeah, that was ridiculous. The the other aspect of that, that was the day. Remember, we freaked out about that. Right. Like, oh, great. OK, so now this thing is going to kill kids, too. Uh, we thought it was just older people or people with underlying health conditions. And it's still listen, and it still is. According to the county, it's still between 90 and 93 percent of people who are dying from this have underlying health conditions. The other aspect of that of schools specifically, I think, is that there's been an. Uh, there's been a pushing to the side uh, social health, if that makes any sense, social health. Um, The things that take place on a regular basis that keep you and I 
sane are falling by the wayside, whether it's just talking with neighbors, going to a restaurant, hanging out with friends, those things are dying and they're taking a toll on people. Mental health. And I said this, I'll play this only because I think it's fun. (laughs) It's not really fun. But in the the next couple of weeks, again, we're going to have great, beautiful weather, 80s, 90s. Like that first, uh, second weekend in May, the 6th, 7th, 8th of May, it's going to be in the 90s again. And people are going to, they're going to lose their minds. It's going to be that bonfire scene from the Lost Boys. We do need to think, oh, okay, uh, I'm sorry. Bonfire scene from the Lost Boys. I love the timely reference. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but listen, and we're we're telling our kids, I mean, I'm I'm emotionally invested in this because my daughter is a senior in high school. And I talked to her last night about, would you go back for just one week? Because I, I mentioned that the president had suggested that schools try to go back for one. She said, yeah, I'd love to. Not to take finals or anything like that. That would, that would be kind of a bummer. But just to see my friends, my social circle, to see the teachers that I really appreciate and like. And I wanted to, you know, you want to be able to do that. We need connections. We've talked about this when we've talked about addictions to our smartphones yeah. and to all of that. And video game, you know, all that crap that we're... Our screen time is like eight hours a day or whatever. Uh, And we've talked about the importance of having human connections and seeing people and not just seeing their faces on Zoom, but being in the same room as people. And it could be a stranger. It could be your best friend. It could be your mother. Just anyone, any human contact. It's very important. And think about all the people that are living alone that don't have, uh, you know, a wife that's annoying them. (laughs) They are suffering without a human connection. To be clear, my wife is not annoying me. No, I was talking about me. Oh, okay. I'm the annoying wife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There has been a story that has nothing to do with coronavirus that has been bubbling up. We're going to pay attention to that when we come back. This whole allegation against former Vice President Joe Biden. Yeah, it's gaining a little traction because more people are coming forward and corroborating uh, this woman's story. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Ah! Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The governor and the mayor both saying that stay-at-home rules could be eased in the coming weeks. We'll dig into that coming up after Layla's news at the top of the hour. Also, True Crime Tuesday makes a return. Is there something called a murder gene? And what would that mean for murderers in terms of liability and accountability? We'll talk about it. Um, at the, we'll get Tasty Tuesday. Neil Savage is going to join us in the next hour as well and talk about some food stuff. We have our normal uh, run of news conferences later. And again, we're not going to listen into, uh, we're not going to air Gavin Newsom's update, but we will listen in and make sure that if anything is said, like any more finger wagging about you going to the beach, that we'll bring that to you. Uh, small business shout out coming up. We've got Swamp Watch, LA County as well. But one of the big stories that's been going on nationally in the background of all of this is there's still a presidential uh, campaign and these new allegations uh, that have come out against then Senator Joe Biden. Tara Reid is the woman's name, not that Tara Reid, a different Tara Reid. She 
first accused Joe Biden of sexually assaulting her in the basement of a Capitol Hill office building about a month ago. She worked in his office in the spring of 1993. And now it seems like other people are coming forward with their remembrances of what she told them at the time. Now, Biden's campaign has denied the allegations. She told the AP in an interview that she had told at least four people about the incident, including her mother, who is now dead, and her brother, who has spoken publicly about the matter. Her mother, by the way, now seems to have gone on Larry King Live back in the early 90s to talk about problems her daughter experienced while working for a prominent senator. Now, there's no way to completely verify that that is her mother and her mother's voice with her mother being dead and all. But, but she says she says it's her. It's a hundred percent her mother, yeah. and that it was chilling to her because she just lost her mom, and to hear her voice again was really nice. And in the call, the mom basically just says that her daughter never identifies herself or her uh, or her daughter, but says that her daughter had worked for a prominent senator and could have come out with allegations against him, but didn't because she respected him, and, and that it just you know what my understanding was that. Um, uh, CNN, which owns, of course, the Larry King show, took that episode off of the Google Play Store at one point. I don't know if they've returned it, but um, it's just a- now there's a neighbor, a woman named Linda, who was Tara Reed's neighbor in the 90s. She says that Tara Reed told her about the alleged assault around the time it happened. She said that when they were neighbors in 95 or 96, that Tara Reed told her about the senator she had worked for and that he put his hand up her skirt. That she felt like she was assaulted, but she felt like there was nothing that she could really do. In in past interviews, her description was that, that Biden pushed her up against a wall in the basement of a Capitol Hill office building, groped her, and penetrated her with his fingers. And said something like, I thought you liked me. Right. Like, what's wrong? And then after, said like, you're fine, you're fine. She said, after telling her supervisors in Biden's office that she had been sexually harassed by the then senator, her concerns weren't taken seriously. She was eventually told to go find another job. But two of those staffers that she named have said in interviews they don't recall her coming forward like that or any incident like that. And then there was a third staffer as well who gave an on-the-record statement that denies Tara Reid's claim. So, so one of the things that's been going on is that people have been comparing this and the lack of coverage on this incident with the Brett Kavanaugh, Christine Blasey Ford allegations. Right, like Alyssa Milano, who was super vocal when it came to Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, has not been vocal about this. In fact, she put out a tweet or something, or she did an interview, I believe, maybe it was Andy Cohen, I forget, um, where she said something like, well, I I don't know. I've known Biden for 15 years, and I don't know about this woman's account. And now she's got to backtrack because people have called her out on it. Like, you believed uh, Blasey Ford, but you don't believe uh, a woman because it's Biden. You know, you got to come down. You got to listen to the women on both sides of of the aisle. Yeah, regardless of who the person accused is or what political party they belong to. 
And I wonder how many politicians um, and I'm not saying that I completely believe this account or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm, you know, all ears to this woman. It's not like I'm like it's not like I'm completely discounting what she's saying. But it made me think of this question because she says that she didn't want to ruin his career or all that. How many women put up with stuff like this? Say it did happen. And never said anything because they liked the politician. They liked his politics. They didn't want to hurt the party. I'm just wondering if this stuff goes on, if it if, if this is a Tuesday and these politicians just think they can take what, what they want. Well, wouldn't if that was a motivation to stay quiet was that you wanted to protect that person or the yeah. party or whatever, the office, wouldn't, wouldn't that same motivation be... Um, or isn't that similar to, I don't want to lose my job? Like, I like where I work. I like the people I work with. I just don't like that guy that I work for. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be a similar? Well, one is worrying about your own economic, uh, you know, health and right. in your career moving forward. And the other is, I'm getting groped for the party. <laughs> yeah. You know That's what I mean? Gross. Like, and I want to protect this politician because I believe in his politics. I just wonder if it's a thing. I don't know. And listen, she is, I mean, in that vein, she is a longtime Democrat. This right. is not somebody who's crossing party lines and throwing slings and arrows across the party divide, political divide. She is a long-term Democrat. She supported Elizabeth Warren. She supported Bernie Sanders. It's not that she wouldn't have supported Joe Biden, I mean, just in terms of him politically, but that she says she's not going to vote for him in uh, in November. and. Listen, I I don't know. These these allegations are 27 years old now. So I, I don't know what Joe Biden's capable of, what what he's not. To me, if you just look at the the universe of allegations against Joe Biden, they are that he's made people feel creepy. Right. right? It's the I don't like it when my grandfather tries to massage my shoulders. I know he doesn't mean anything by it, yeah. but it's a little bit weird. Yeah. The hugging that, and all yeah, that. that. And the kissing of the hair. And the, ooh, your the hair thing, smells like, wonderful. Part of my thinking on this whole thing was, well, I don't believe the story because if he did that that one time, there would be a bunch of other stories, right? You'd think that there would be other allegations. Right. Like he thought he could just grab women in the hall and manhandle them. Um, but what if those women went along with it? They're just being quiet I mean, because they want to protect them. Yeah, just a hypothetical. It's I don't possible. know. I don't know if it's a thing. Possible. All right, when we come back. That big, big baby. baby. Have you seen this big that baby? Big yet? baby is Lately, terrifying. You gotta go on the website and you gotta see this big baby. And do not watch it too closely because he'll terrify you. Terrifying. He looks, I'll look for him. He looks right at you and then runs towards the camera. You'll you'll flinch. Mm. I promise. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I may have seen these headlines about uh, the food supply breaking, that there's going to be a problem with meat supplies, for example, because meat packing plants and meat processing plants have been hit by coronavirus. 
Neil Savage is going to join us uh, a little bit later, next hour, bottom of next hour. And we'll talk about the food supply chains and what what is really going on with those meats. Well, the newest TikTok star is called Big Baby. Big Baby appears to be a very large baby that's ready for the NFL draft. Man, this is just... Now, I, I originally thought, for some reason, I don't know why, that this was like an Irish kid or a kid in Scotland or something like well, that. Well, he does have very faint red hair. Maybe that's what it was. Um, Gavin is his name. He's three years old. He looks He's, like he eats nothing but potatoes and meat. He is. <laughs> he is a... Hunky child, and and you were right. I mean, just in terms of, it's not a baby, baby. A three year old's a, is he's a big kid, three, yeah. but he's got such such baby like infant like features and such little hair that he does look like a giant. I mean, he is giant. And when he's running to the camera, he looks like oh. Brian Erlacher. <laughs> he looks like he's coming at you. Now his mom, Cat says that they live on a Midwestern farm. They didn't get too specific. and that, Of course they're in the Midwest. And that he lives with his 16-year-old brother, Caleb, and their par- uh, and mom and dad. She said that Gavin was 6 pounds, 15 ounces when he was born. He's That's- perfectly healthy, but there are just big genetics in the family. Good Lord. The, the, him standing at the counter and eating food is an adventure. <laughs> I and, haven't seen that one. And the whole thing, this is him with his, uh, let's see, there's him after the Easter basket. It's it's totally empty. <laughs> and then this one. Look at him. Oh, my gosh. He's just got his belly, like, sitting on the kitchen <laughs> counter. He's all of us. <laughs> uh, and they go through this whole series of cool little TikTok videos that are goofy and funny. And it's him out playing in the yard with, like, a sleeveless T-shirt on. It just he just has so many baby characteristics. He looks like uh, it looks kind of freaky. Um, she said the mom, the mom said she woke up on Sunday and I said to my husband, I'm going to make him famous. And it happened. He's got uh, 112,000 followers, 2.2 million likes in less than a month. Well, I hope they make money for him. There are some people that are haters because haters going to hate. You know what I mean? Why? What's wrong with the? Some people saying things like, is anyone else just absolutely repulsed by this giant baby? <laughs> repulsed? Are you kidding? Can you imagine squeezing his little arms? Oh, I want to hang those out. Feel oh, yeah. like? I'd like to hang out with that baby. I play catch with that baby. You can't throw babies? No, 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 no. He, he could throw that football. Do you see him? Oh, oh, you mean, oh. Like, like catch the other with the side. baby, not, I, not throw the baby. There's him with a banana and an apple. Two <gasps> things he's never seen before. <laughs> That's not nice. Uh, he is a humongous kid. They've trapped some animal in that video. I don't know what that is. Is that a raccoon, maybe? It's the Midwest. <laughs> we haven't talked about the squirrel that nearly attacked us the other day. Well, I would say that you are terrified and you think all squirrels look alike. That I don't... squirrel is the size of a small dog. And right. not that small of a dog, more like a medium dog. There's a there's a squirrel, and the thing it's is, it's this brave. Big. There's it's so bold. F- so few people coming in and out of the building now. He feels like that that, that entryway <laughs> has taken over the whole entryway of the building, and he's just boldly walking around. He's like, I don't need a tree. I know you're all scared of me, and I will f you up. If you stood, where are the nuts at? In what? If you Don't squirrels stood eat nuts? On the inside, yes. If you stood on the inside of the glass doors there and he was on the outside, yeah. how long would you wait? 
If I didn't have anything to throw at you him, you had nothing or... to throw at him. You got you don't have oh, your keys. I, you know the way that he made eye contact with me last week. Like I know you're scared of me. You know how when animals meet in the wild, and one animal knows that he could f that other animal up, okay. and he just has this look in his eye, like. I'll get to you. I want to say I want to say uh, acronym, but I don't know if I'll get in trouble for it. Um, just that like energy. Okay. You know? Oh, oh, I that see. That big what energy. Yes. Yeah, I know. That's how that squirrel was looking at us. Right. Like I've got your number. <laughs> oh, and he looked at his watch and he said, "Oh, so this is the time you leave the building, huh?" <laughs> yes. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, uh, more about what the governor and the mayor have been saying about reopening. They both used some interesting terms yesterday in their news conferences. We'll talk about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Take up a test. My thing is, if I know I'm asymptomatic, right? Right. I mean, uh, that, that, but, but just by saying that assumes I am one of the carriers of this. I'm thing, not but. just. I'm just. It's not that I just don't have symptoms. I mean, we're killing those workouts, are we not? <laughs> we're well, performing at a high not level. Yesterday. Not yesterday. No. That's a different. Um, but. The mayor, uh, Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Neil Savader is going to join us Tasty Tuesday at the bottom of the hour. Gavin Newsom gives his update at noon. L.A. County gives their update at 1. Uh, we will pay attention. We'll dip into the L.A. County version, uh, but we will be listening to Gavin Newsom off the air, see if he says anything. So yesterday, yesterday we played for you Gavin Newsom saying that um, you shouldn't have been on the beach and that only our behavior is going to determine how long this lasts. I cannot impress upon people more. Uh, the only thing that will set us back is our behavior. The only thing that will set us back is people stopping to practice physical distancing and appropriate social distancing. Governor, uh, sorry, Mayor Garcetti said something similar in his very poetry, huggy, wordy way. Every death is a deep, deep tragedy. But these numbers also tell us that deaths in Los Angeles County are continuing to stabilize. It may be the same number, but the increase is lessening, as are hospitalizations. That's a tribute to the work that you're doing. A lot of people would say, great, open up the doors, open up the floodgates, but it's really a testament to our discipline that those numbers have stabilized. One day as they come down, we can bravely step out and try some of the things moving forward that I know we all want to see here in Los Angeles. Okay, it doesn't always have to be stupid poetry. Just, anyway. Uh, he did say, the mayor said, testing capabilities continue to increase. Um, asymptomatic essential workers, including journalists, are uh, now able to be tested for the virus. Ride hail, taxi drivers, delivery, these essential workers that up to this point, you must have shown symptoms to get a test. Now he's saying that you can get a test. I do suppose there is a value in that, in knowing one way or the other. But to me, the greater I, I want some leader somewhere, whether it's the city or the county, 
to come forward and say, yes, if you're asymptomatic, you can come and get a test. And at the same time, we're going to do a serology test on you. One swab to see if you've got it and one blood draw to see if you had it so that we can begin to, you know, beef out this testing that they are saying needs to happen before we can reopen the economy. Newport Beach officials are meeting today. They're considering shutting down their beaches for the next three weekends and closing roads leading to popular locations along the shoreline there. Now, the governor's observation that the state is a few weeks away, not months away from changes, is the most optimistic timeline that we've gotten from him. He says that there will be a strategy today. Uh, so maybe we will uh, listen more closely to him. Uh, a strategy today for phasing in the reopening of businesses. So we'll see. He says he's turned to other governors that have uh, kind of joined together here in the West for guidance when it comes to reopening, best best practices and things like that. Uh, Colorado and Nevada joined that pact that includes us, Washington and Oregon. I think Nevada is a whole different ball game just because of, you know, gambling. Uh, I think that that's going to have to be uh, done differently than it would be done here in California. Well, the, there have been counties that have written specifically to the governor to say, listen, I got no COVID here or right. we have a hundred. San Luis Obispo County is an example. I think San Luis Obispo County has one death from coronavirus and they don't have a lot they don't have widespread testing they don't have a lot of people so if san luis obispo county feels like they have the hospital capacity to deal with whatever surge comes up they continue to implement the social distancing wearing the face masks be careful wash your hands and all those messages that go out there why wouldn't the county be allowed to open back up the governor i think has to wrestle with this what we saw last weekend at the beaches la county beaches were almost empty because they were not open. I mean, there were some stragglers out there, but they were not open. So people went to Ventura and they went to Orange County to sit on the beach and to do nothing. That's, I mean, that was the problem, I suppose, of sort of the patchwork version of reopening, even though that's the thing that makes the most sense. Um, and I, I, I don't envy the governor putting these, you know, putting brain power into figuring out which ones can open and which ones can't. But you mentioned Nevada. Nevada's got two urban areas. Two. They got Vegas and they got Reno. And outside of those two places, the state is gigantic and it is spread apart. This is true. So if you're in Elko, why can't you go to the Piggly Wiggly and pick up some groceries and not worry about where, you know, it's not infesting you. The Piggly Wiggly. I don't even think they have a Piggly Wiggly in Elko. What is Piggly Wiggly from? Was that, uh, what show was that in? The Piggly Wiggly. Wasn't that in a show? I remember it from books. It's an East Coast thing. I don't think I've ever been to a Piggly Wiggly. Um, why would you name a store a Piggly Wiggly? You just got very judgy. Well... Huh. It's like the A&P, isn't it? There was an A&P grocery store, too. Um, so who knows? The, the governor and the mayor, even the county, they have been using this May 15th date because they've been saying that that's when the stay-at-home orders have been extended to. And then they keep saying something like, well, you know, we don't know how long this is going to last. The I, I, I revisit my earlier uh, admonition to them 
they've got to have something ready to go before May 15th. They've got to have some sort of a plan in place, whether even if they change the date and say, you know what, let's make it the 25th of May or something. What, even if they change that, they have got to have something in place before that date. Because as people get closer to it, the words that they used, they said it was May 15th. They said the orders were extended until May 15th. There's an expectation that they're going to be lifted by then. And if they're not, they better start telling people now so that we don't have a pent-up uh, amount of anxiety going into that weekend. So, Vin Scully kind of, put out a message. Let's play that when we get back. Yeah, let's play that when we get back. I'm Gary and Shannon digging will it up right now. just a moment. I'd spend 10,000 hours KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, John just put me out of my misery here. I was going crazy <laughs> over the Piggly Wiggly. And he wrote in and said, uh, the Piggly Wiggly was a story used in the movie Driving Miss Daisy. Grocery store chain mainly in the southeastern states. That's exactly what the reference was that I was thinking of. Somebody else had the, the their slogan and... And then the A&P out there was like Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company or something was originally what it stood for. Anyway, very cool. Uh, I mentioned that the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds were flying together for what I thought was the first time. I guess a couple of years ago, they joined up with uh, not just the two demonstration teams, but also with the Canadian Snowbirds. And the three teams did a flyover sort of Lake Erie, the Cleveland area, I suppose. And they took some pictures, and that was the first time that they'd been in the air together. But today, the uh, Navy's Blue Angels and the Air Force Thunderbirds have been flying around New York, New Jersey, and Philadelphia. Can we talk uh, about what your wife said? Oh, so Nick very nicely puts a picture up there of the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels and says Gary couldn't make it. He had a thing because I was a pilot at one time. I like to, I look fine, look fondly back on that time when I flew, I flew with the, with the Thunderbirds um, and piloted an F-16. I don't know. Have you ever done, have you ever? So that's a cool story. Okay. But I feel like you fabricate, you, you make it sound like it's a bigger deal than it was. I like, embellish like, it. Like you actually flew the plane. Have you ever been in an plane. F-16? No. Okay, and, well, I think and, it's and, if you would, and I think it's very cool you, if you floated if you did, the story like if this. If you did, I was in an you F-16, would have done the embellishment as well. for a second, you they let like, me oh, take I controls. That thing in a turn. And by the way, uh, a, it wasn't actually a barrel roll, but I did do the yaw roll where I was like, whoop. He's like, just jam that thing to the left. And I said, okay, what could go wrong? Ah! <laughs> Let's throw that video. Anyway, she, my wife, Nick says, I couldn't make it. I had a thing. Her response was, couldn't fit into the flight suit? <laughs> she lives with me. I know. And so she's watched your intake. If she wants to, wait a minute. If she wants to make fat jokes about me, why can't she just do it in the privacy of our home? Does she fat shame you at home? No. Just on social media? <laughs> Just on social media. <laughs> All right, let's hear from Vinny. Oh, uh, yes. This is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, V. Vin Scully. Hi, everybody, and a very pleasant good evening to you, wherever you may be. I know where I am now after five days in the hospital, and I'm so grateful to be home. 
And I also would like to thank all of you for your good wishes and prayers after I had my head first sliding accident. In case you care, I was called out. <laughs> anyway, the first responders for my troubles, and now I want to take time out to salute others, the first responders out there who are helping all of us during this unusual time. And to refer to it as an unusual time is really an upset. So with that said, thanks again. I'm feeling better. Thanks for your good wishes. And remember, sooner or later, you're going to hear it. It'll be time for Dodger baseball. Oh, my God. That gave me chills. <laughs> I love just hearing his voice. There's there's something very comforting yes. about him. And not just as the Dodgers announcer, but I mean just the nostalgia, the, the nostalgia of everything that he has called. Mm -hmm. uh, everything. Um the catch, I mean, his call of that is is forever cemented in my head. I know, and I just got it again. The chills. Um, so good. A side note about that, by the way, is that there have been reports. Jeff Passan from ESPN has been saying the basic sentiment around Major League Baseball's front offices is not, "Will we have a 2020 season?" It is. How long is that season going to be and where is it going to be played? That they seem pretty determined to actually have a baseball season. Right. Um, I heard Rogan and Rodney yesterday talking about all the conversations about all the different sports and when they'll begin. And they were saying that uh, in terms of the NFL, they're looking at probably like a mid-October start and the, the Super Bowl being pushed back to February 28th or something like that and no bye week. And I'm just thinking like, how are the how is this going to affect the season though? How are the players going to get ready if they can't practice? Right. You know, if if they're if they're off for so long. I mean, virtual training camp starting. Great. What does that mean? Yeah, nothing. That, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, the the responsibility. A lot of this is going to be with the personal responsibility of each individual athlete. They got to stay in shape, right? right. They, you, you, but nobody thing, goes like, into training camp anymore out of shape. But here's the thing. Look at Melvin Gordon last year. Stayed in shape for his holdout. But when he got back, he was nowhere near where he needed to be. Right. Because he didn't have the training camp. He didn't have those first four games or any preseason. Not that he would have played in the preseason. But, you know, you can be in tip-top shape. But those reps and those practices, you can't replicate that. Well, baseball is the same way. They're talking about, I think it was the uh, Texas Rangers that have allowed some of their players to go back at G Globe Life Park or whatever they call it now in uh, in Arlington. They're allowing workouts on the field, o unofficial. There's no actual program out there, and you can only have a certain number of people on the field at, at one time. It's, it's, I think there's probably a lot ridiculous. of rules being broken right. it, among professional athletes right now. Well, I would guess because you in those types of sports, you have to practice with someone else, right? That's the the best way to practice is to do it with someone else. It's not golf, right? When can we please get golf back on TV? Just a, just a, give me a, like if it's like six guys and they all play by themselves, but you get to watch it. I'd love that. Um, I'm, I'm watching the Angels Giants World Series 2002. Fox Sports West has been playing that thing. It is delightful. I don't like the fact that the Giants didn't win that one, but 
There's something. Listen, I hate Joe Buck. We've all we all hate Joe Buck, but there's something about his voice calling a World Series game. Yeah, That's there like, is. Uh, it gives it gravity. Um, I am loving all the Michael Jordan highlights. You know, all the highlights yeah. from like '89 to '97 or whatever. They're, I mean, it it there. I I just love that documentary and I love watching it and it gets the adrenaline pumping like sports do. Right. That we haven't had. Listen, I want to credit ESPN the network for being able to put together programming. I know over the course I, of the last six weeks. I read today this morning they've got an Alex Smith documentary that's airing on Friday, all about his injury and the recovery. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's it looks I mean, the, what that guy went through is just insane. You know, they thought they were going to have to take his leg at one point. Take it away from him? Amputate it. Really? Yeah, it was that bad. Do you remember that injury? I still haven't been able to look at it. I remember the injury, but I don't. I didn't think it was that bad. He had an infection. He was in the hospital for weeks, if not months. Wow. All right, we come back. There have been some headlines recently about food supply issues, specifically meat, because like pork producers, chicken producers... Uh, have been hit. Their uh, their factories have been hit by coronavirus. We'll talk with uh, with Neil Saavedra, our fork reporter, about those stories about food supply issues. We're gonna have to bump our true crime into True Crime Wednesday because the show's so full. It's full. It's a full show. Gary and Shannon. Will I haven't continue. even eaten my apple yet. That apple looks good. You better eat that before I get over there. There's a. What is that? A flaw. That is a flaw. Listen, perfect apples are hard to come by these I think days. Jacob took mine and put this one in its place because I don't remember there being a flaw on my apple. What is yours? A Honeycrisp? Yes, sir. Oh, no. I have a Gala. Huh, oh. Okay. Mm. All right. So, Turner. yeah, sorry, you have a flaw you, one. You went for the mediocre one. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Get to our uh, True Crime Tuesday. We may have to do that in the 1 o'clock hour when we're adding for time. I think it might have to be True Crime Wednesday. Oh, we're going to have to punt, huh? Yeah. At the top of the hour, Gavin Newsom is giving his update. Uh, there's some expectation that he may detail some of the things that need to happen before we can uh, reopen the parts of the economy. So we'll, we'll pay attention to that, and if uh, we need to, we'll dip into it. Of course, 1 o'clock is our regular L.A. County update from Dr. Barbara Ferrer. Hey, Nick. Yeah, Shannon? Why do watermelons have fancy weddings? I don't know why. Because they can't elope. Yeah, what's the dirty one? What did the toaster say to the slice of bread? No, I'm not gonna say it. Never mind. Wait. <laughs> Suits will use it as a drop. And I'm, I'm not gonna do that. 
Don't give it to him. I'm not going to serve it up. <laughs> Neil Saavedra, the Fork Reporter, joined us. Of course, uh, Saturday, you can hear the Fork Report right here on KFI. Hey, this just in, Neil. The president will sign an executive order today to stave off a shortage of chicken, pork, and other meat. Uh, the order will use the Defense Production Act to classify meat processing as a critical industry to ensure that production plants stay open. Yeah, this has been the battle. Oh, I also want to say I've, I've been making some goals in life uh, with all this time off. And today's segment will be at least 50% less murdery with my analogies. Yeah, last week you <laughs> had an analogy about killing somebody by cutting off their windpipe, I think. Sometimes uh, all the different parts of Neil come together in a really weird way. But I'm going to be way less murdery with my analogies from here forth. Just want everybody to know. So what you just announced is really what's on the top of people's minds. I've been getting um, tweets and everything else about what's going on with me. Are, are we running out of food? First of all, the, quite the opposite. We are not running out of food. Um, we're having to get rid of food. They're having to euthanize uh, poultry and chickens and all kinds of things because there's a breakdown in um, this the food chain and uh, delivering everything and getting it from one point to the other and being able to keep some of these uh, plants working. Um, some of it's politics. Um, some of it is politics and CYA stuff. But uh, on top of that, there is a legitimate concerns that it, the system is going to slow. It's going to bottleneck a little bit. And here, listen to me. This is incredibly important. If you don't want the craziness that went on and continues to go on with toilet paper and uh, sanitizing goods and things like that, do not go nuts. Don't go buying up every piece of meat right now. If you do that, we will be in the same, uh, the same place again. Buy what you need. Two weeks worth is plenty and um, stay, stay the course. If we get crazy and start doing all this binge buying, um, we're going to screw the, the meat supply up. So uh, don't use this as an excuse to go nuts. Let these things um, take their course and understand that part of the problem we're having with our system is we basically has, have two directions to go with our um, packaging when it comes to food like uh, meat and things like that. One is packaging in bulk for large, I'm not talking about Costco, but larger for, um, uh, for restaurants and things like that. They don't have a way to break those down into individual sales um, that go to like grocery stores and things like that. So there's no way to switch those and even when, when places like uh, Restaurant Depot, God bless them, opened up to the public for the first time in 40 years recently, and you can go in without a membership or without being part of a, you know, a company uh, like a restaurant, but they still have no way to break down. You're, you're best off going to places like that, but communicating with neighbors and saying, I'm going to do a purchase. Who's in? This is what I'm going to get, and then we can divvy it up in a, in a safe manner, and everybody will have some. So look at butchers, local butchers, look at uh, uh, supply uh, places like restaurant uh, supply places. You'll find there's plenty of food out there. We're not, we're never going to starve. No one, no one starved in, you know, 1918 either. Um, that's not the problem. It's just 
don't break the cycle right now, especially when it's bottlenecking. No, because they're, they're talking about shutter, shuttering some of these plants. Tyson, of course, is the uh, the one that's getting headlines because of the full-page ad that was taken out a bunch of newspapers. Um, but, but did you see what it was next to? <laughs> yes. The article? Yeah, the, that, the post article about the, the workers not being told to wear masks. So there is some CYA here, and there is some battling with uh, optics and public opinion and all of these things. But the reality is we will be wasting food. It's not that it doesn't exist. It means um, that they'll have to, you know, waste food for all this to take place. So if we just take a deep breath, I think I think we'll be fine. Um, well, but, me, you know, meanwhile, people freak out over everything. And isn't the headline, I mean, it's almost a misleading headline. They're talking about the shuttering of these plants, but they're not talking about the fact that they've reopened some of them as well. I mean, they went through, I know the one in um, South Dakota that they were working on, which was making headlines because it was really the only place in the entire state of South Dakota that was having a problem with uh, coronavirus infections. That my understanding is that they've got that thing back open and running again because they gave people time to, you know, they revamped basically their infection control procedures. They disinfected everything that they were working on. And now the people who are working there, gloves, masks, face protect, I mean, all of the stuff that you would want them to have. They're supposed to have that anyways. Right. You're dealing with food. I mean, that should be the cleanup. I've walked through many of these plants. They are spotless. And they're built in such a way that you could essentially, it's like having, uh, imagine KFI, man, I'd love for this in the studio, was in a shower basin. And the minute you guys left, you pushed a button and the doors sealed and just showered the whole thing. And it was spotless for the next person. You just That's put us kind in of a what shower? happens. Yeah, you put us like in a skid row mechanical toilet or something. It's yeah. And if it could wash out Shannon's mouth, that'd be even better. Oh, but wash out oh. your mouth. You wash out your mouth. You know what? Like I hard I will punch shell. you right in the throat. I will. I will. Okay. No, <laughs> I I said it, I was going to be less murdery, and I'm going to stick to it. Hey, let's talk about hot dogs when we come back. Yeah, we let's oh. put some meats on that grill. You get those meatses. Go out front and get those meatses going. Get those meatses ready. Neil Spadra, host of the Fork Report, has joined us. We'll come back, continue with Tasty Tuesday. All we ever do is all we ever do. Tasty Tuesday. I'll never be able, to be able to eat a little smoky again. God. What are we doing? <laughs> Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640. <laughs> Stop it. You've got to hold it together. Uh, Live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Do you see the Good Morning uh, America reporter that was literally sitting there in no pants this morning? <laughs> You can see his thighs. He looks like he's wearing like boxer briefs or something. Well, and I'm... the uh, camera pans down too much. Speaking of, Neil. Neil, what are you wearing? Hold on. I'm taking Vienna sausages off my lip here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm in sweats and a I burger LA t-shirt. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I think Petros has worn the same sweats in here every day for the past month and a half. He, God bless him. Love that man. They're pretty thin but, uh, too. But they, there is no way you could tell him from 
a hipster, a homeless, right. or someone in the middle of COVID-19 lockdown. <laughs> yes. Ever. And that's any time of the year. I kind of salute him for not caring even no. a little bit. He doesn't give a rodent's behind then, now, or ever. Uh, we're a, a few days away. Friday is uh, Friday's the beginning of May, and f- May is National Barbecue Month. Uh, we're Southern California. Every month is this National is so Barbecue right, Month. Right, right. So it's, it's not SoCal Barbecue Month, but this is National Barbecue Month, when hopefully people can uh, start to blow the snow off of their grills and get back out there. Uh, May 2nd, they're doing a front yard cookout plan. I love that. <laughs> I do, too. When I thought about this, I thought, you know, none of us. I mean, you're not going to are you going to wheel yours out no. there? No, yeah. <laughs> only because only because I was looking at this yesterday. I realized that the little casters, the little wheels I've got on sure. the bottom of my unit are so tiny. And I've got pavers down that side of the house. So it would just go down the whole side of the house. And I don't, I don't want to subject my neighbors to that. But I'm trying to think in, in, you know, maybe our, you know, earthquake stuff or something like that. I should probably have a little hibachi or something. And I was thinking maybe going out front and firing that bad boy up because uh, I love this. And this is something that uh, comes at the from the minds of Oscar Meyer. And they're encouraging people across the country get basically take those grills, move them to the front yard on May 2nd. And then to use this this uh, hashtag front hashtag front yard cookout. And Oscar Meyer is going to donate. Um, a meal to the nonprofit or- organization uh, Feeding America, in addition to donating one million meals already. So they'll up the ante every time somebody uses the hashtag Front Yard Cookout and puts a picture or something on their social media. Did you see how oh, Oscar cool. Meyer is encouraging people to socially distance? With hot yeah. dogs. 12 hot dogs. 12 apart. hot dogs. I would kill someone for a Dodger dog right now. Like, I would really take a, a life if I could have a Dodger dog. I was really I, looking you, forward to those. You would be surprised what would satiate that desire because I had a hot dog the other day and it was even like a like a low fat hot dog Ugh. and it was heaven. I just sat there <laughs> going I was like this is the best thing I've ever eaten. It, so You'd be surprised. Um, I mean, it was a good hot dog. It was Hebrew National, but it was their you Those know 97% fat-free or whatever version. And it was really good. And I think it was like on a 99-cent-only store hot dog bun. And I was like, doesn't matter. COVID rules, baby. Wait a minute I enjoyed here. it. I can get... Is this real? I can really get Farmer John Dodger Dogs delivered to me? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know why, why not. Yes, I can. You know another place where you can get Sorry, them? I think you, I'm not going to be listening for the next five minutes. I, I, think, you could, I think you could get them at 7-Eleven as well. Yeah, there's a Nick, do you have Dodger Dogs at your 7-Eleven? I have not looked, but I will look today. Thank you. You want is there anything else you want? Buns. Buns? Ch- champagne okay. in a can, please. Champagne in a can. Buns. And- go. I know where the champagne is for oh, sure. Have you yeah. really moved to champagne in a can? Nick turned me on to it. Uh, this, it's, it's not a, bad. It's a lifestyle. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 It's not bad at all. There's a lot of, uh, there's good wines in a can too. It just is psychologically, it feels like it tastes different. So I always move it to a glass. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not a. <laughs> the vehicle with you know which what's it funny comes is, to my mouth is important. A hot, well, a hot tip. Um, there is, uh, I got mine at a place called uh, Bargain Fair on Fairfax here in L.A. 
but you can get really beautiful um, acrylic or uh, Lexan glasses. You can get them in your, you know, double old fashioned. You can get your up glasses, uh, like a martini glass and things like that. Um, and they look gorgeous as long as you take care of them and don't scratch them. And uh, those are what I use in the backyard, so I'm not breaking glass all over the place, but it looks like I'm very fancy. So, hot tip makes you feel nice about yourself. Awesome. Uh, all right, Neil, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And I want it noted. Yes. Nobody got hurt. But you know what brings out your eyes, Shannon? Hmm. When I put my hands around your... Never mind. Have a good, have a good uh, week, guys. Oh, Thanks. I can get King's Hawaiian hot dog buns. Thanks, Neil. And they could be delivered here within the next two hours. Okay. Well, I know people who are going to be here for at least two hours. So. She's gone. She's gone. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for that. Too. She's gone. You need a what? An onion. How do you spell that? O-N-I-O-N. Oh, sound like there's a G in there. We come back. Oh, boy. Steve Gregory is going to join us. Uh, we'll be talking about the test. He got a test today. And, and it was for coronavirus, nothing else. And, and Governor Newsom is talking. We'll pay attention to that and see if Should we have to dip into Should I get some Funyuns, that. too? Oh, gross. Oh, that sounds good. Right? Funyuns. Funyuns are great. The best. You guys are now off the, off the, the rocker. You don't know no. good stuff. Funyuns. You don't like Funyuns? Who doesn't like Funyuns? What are you, Canadian? Okay. Watch your mouth. <laughs> we'll continue right after this. Farmers and Distillers Dining Room and Patio are now open and accepting reservations. They're following all the government guidelines so you can choose to dine out safely or if you want to stay in, they've got you covered. You can order for curbside pickup or delivery online at FarmersAndDistillers.com. They're also still offering a robust one-stop shop founding farmers market and grocery for all your daily grocery needs. Offerings include fresh produce, a prepared foods market, full bakery, butcher and deli, house-churned ice cream, house-roasted coffee, wine, beer and more. Visit FoundingFarmersMarket.com to order. Same-day delivery available ladies and gentlemen welcome aboard this summer we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new nissan we invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views premium seats in all rows and connected tech while avoiding baggage fees layovers and neck pillows so fasten your seat belts and enjoy non-stop routes to summer because the best way to travel this season is in a new nissan and now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to 3500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, 3500 on 2020 Rogue consists of 3000 cash back and 500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 7-6-2020. We tour the seven times. Seasons change and our love Day Squirrel just saw me calling two 7-Elevens and an AM-PM trying to secure Dodger Dogs. And I have. I have found a location that sells the Dodger Dogs. What are you still doing here? Well, I, it would be unprofessional to leave early. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, it is, uh, what is today? 
You said it already, Day right? squirrel. It is day squirrel. I've been losing track of my days. Um, and one of the things that happened today, uh, yesterday specifically, was uh, the mayor even came out and said that some people who are asymptomatic but belong in essential services, like uh, rideshare drivers, taxi drivers, um, even big J journalists can get tests even if they are asymptomatic. Steve Gregory has joined us. And that was as a result of my question last night. Oh, so you're, you're pushing buttons now, are you? Well, I actually texted his comms people behind the scenes when he was talking about expanding testing. And I said, you know, and he was talking about frontline workers. And I was actually more concerned about, uh, you know, the TV folks that are out there because they're out there. A lot of them are out there every day. And I know like Corbin Carson and, and Rob Newton, they're they're down in Orange County and all around. And I said, well, does that include media? Because I don't want to bring it up in the press conference. Right. Because I didn't want to come off as, you know, pretentious or like how, you know, somehow we're, you know, better than whatever. And the comms guy said, no, 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 ask it. Totally ask it. I said, okay. So he came to me last night and I said, you know, you were just talking about expanding the testing for asymptomatic people. Does that include the press corps? And he goes, absolutely. He said, and then he went on a whole thing about how the media is important and whatnot. So in the spirit of that, this morning, when I got here to the building, I went ahead and, and uh, scheduled a test myself at 10 a.m. So how'd that go? How to take, walk us through the whole thing? Sure, Shannon. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm glad I have your attention. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she gives more attention to a Dodger dog than she does her colleague sitting here. Well, I almost forgot the relish. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, I'm actually, that's my favorite. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I, I went online through the mayor's website and the coronavirus section. And then it asks you a couple of questions. Are you a frontline worker? And then it asks you to sort of, you know, subcategory and whatnot and gives you an area to put in because it didn't qualify under LA fire, you know, didn't fire police, whatever. So then it says other, and then you put in other, I put in journalist and then I put in my company and then it asks for your company ID number. So I put in that and then like your employee ID number. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Employee oh. ID number. Okay. So I went through all that. And then it gives me its confirmation that that came back. All right. Oh, testing results. You have SIF. Wait, <laughs> sorry. Your appointment's booked. There's the place of your appointment. There's the number, uh, the address, the confirmation number. Where was the? Where was? Where was the? Address? It was at the Los Angeles City Fire Training Facility down on oh, Dodger uh, Stadium. Yeah, Dodger Stadium, right next yeah. to Dodger Stadium. <laughs> yeah, and it was. Pretty cool. So I, what I thought was my time was at 10 a.m., mm -hmm. but no, that was sort of when the gates opened, and then I guess because oh. when I got there, there was a line of about, gosh, about 30 cars in front of me, and then about 30 behind me, and then once they opened it up, they had a very, very well laid out, uh, lots of cones. I felt like it was in uh, driver's ed again, <laughs> and you get in there, and you're following through the cones, but they have people there all through the way, and I recorded it, too, so I'll be putting a feature together. But a uh, guy asked, do you have an appointment? And I said, yes. He says, okay, good. Then roll up your windows. Keep your windows up till you're told to roll them down. And then you you drive through that snake of cones with your windows up. Then you get to a tent. Then someone approaches, tells you to roll your window down. And then... What are they wearing? That person was wearing one of those disposable gowns, mm -hmm. had a hat on, and had a mask on and some goggles. But then there were two firefighters sitting at a table that had masks on but they, they didn't have any other protective gear outside of that. And they were there with two laptops. And then they asked for the last five digits of my confirmation number. And I gave it to them. Then they uh, reconfirmed it was me. And then 
they gave me a bag, a specimen bag with a vial in it. And they said, have you seen the video? And I said, no, I've not seen the video. Because apparently there's a video link that I failed to pay attention to when they sent me back the confirmation. But I was supposed to watch the video that shows how what I'm supposed to do because I'm self-administering this test. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Oh. So then they say, well, drive forward. So I drive forward. And then they said, did you see the video? And I said, no, I didn't. So this man says, okay, I'm about to walk you through the process. He says, um, in just a few minutes, you're going to walk or you're going to drive up there and you're going to put your vehicle in park. You're going to put your head into your elbow and cough three times. <coughs> and then he says, then you're going to take the swab out of the protective uh, bag and then you're going to wipe your cheek for five seconds, the roof of your mouth for five seconds, and then on the other side and down and around for five seconds. Oh. And you're going to take the swab. And you're going to put it back in the vial. You're going to tighten the vial. So it doesn't vial. go up your nose. No, this was oral. Oh, that's good. And then put it back in the bag. And then you're going to drive forward. And then someone's going to get those little grabbers, those those ones that you get for you know, people that can't bend over. Yeah, that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this firefighter just reaches over, roll down my window, grabs the bag, and then he takes it and puts it in the blue bin. And he says they'll email you the results. When? So, well, like, you could have it right now coughing all over us. Sure. Great. <laughs> He's got a mask on. Oh, yeah. On I his mean, neck. On his neck. So this is, uh, it's all fine, good. Right. But no. So, okay, so so you get an email with the results. I'll get an email with the results, presumably in a... Um, Oh, my goodness. I guess in 24 hours, they were trying to shoot for 24 hours, but I don't know if they're, uh, they just finished some of the backlog. This is something to look forward to. Steve Gregory's yeah. coronavirus test. <laughs> I know some women that were sitting right by the phone waiting for a similar call <laughs> in my past. Um, what? <laughs> uh, STD humor. You got to love it. No. No? Pregnancy. Oh. <laughs> STD humor. <laughs> sitting by the phone. Well, yeah, I remember it was that. Was 1964? <laughs> they, were, they had to take out a rabbit ovary or something to see if you were... Gary, I'm were a little Were you the one who was pregnant? I'm a little older than you. So You're not that were, much older Things were a little me. different in my day. Stop. But in, anyway... In your heyday. So I got to tell you, it was very... Um, and there were a couple LAPD cars in front of me, a sheriff's vehicle behind me. There were, I mean, so a lot of first responders in that line. So it was... It was uh, it was very efficient, and the L.A. City Fire, they, they had it all down to a science. It's pretty well done. Uh, well, listen, if you – I know that at 1 o'clock the, uh, the L.A. County briefing has been uh, postponed at least today, right? right? Uh, they're not going to do one today, or they're no. just going to do it They'll later? probably send out a release with okay. numbers. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that, but um, sure. maybe you come back in the 1 o'clock hour because uh, there's issues around the numbers that we've been given, how things have been changing over the last couple of weeks sure. uh, that we'd love to talk to you more about. You got it. Steve Gregory. <laughs> Test pending. I yes. just love that you had to act out the coughing. Okay, we get it. You were lucky I didn't come in with my fire coat on and my helmet and my goggles <laughs> and my mask. And see, what else do TV reporters wear? Oh, God. Oh, see, um, Giant $400 you need boots. To put that princess down. Put the princess down? What does that I mean? I've told you this story before. It's a parable. Oh, okay. About two you men crossing out. a river. Do you want a Dodger dog? And there's around? a princess, <laughs> and she <laughs> demands that they carry her across the river. Thanks and for having me, Gary. It's an older man and right. a younger man, and so they carry the princess. They almost die getting a that princess across the, uh, the river. 
And like two days later, the younger man is still on the journey with the older man. And he's still bitching about the princess. Steve I can't believe Goldberg she made us carry her across the river. And the older man, who's wiser, says, son, I put that princess down long ago. Gary and Shannon will continue. It's a parable to teach you to let it go. No, no. We, But if it's a parable, you don't need to tell me what the parable means. I go like this. Well, you weren't listening. <gasps> oh, I get it. People here. <laughs> <laughs> Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, we passed an unfortunate milestone in our fight against coronavirus. More than a million people have tested positive now. Although, again, we continue to see this written incorrectly. This says more than a million people have been infected by the coronavirus. Um, we have no idea how many people have had. We know how many people have tested positive. But the United States has also recorded more than 56,000 deaths due to COVID-19. Three million people around the world tested positive. 212,000 have died. Governor Newsom is giving his daily news conference, and he's been talking about the, uh, I don't know why he has to say it this way, but the regionality of the state of California and how different areas uh, have been impacted differently by coronavirus. And that when he discusses the issues of reopening, he will pay attention to that space of regionality, making sure that, whatever. no, you know what I mean? Well, one of the things that I really like uh, that I have liked during this whole ordeal is our small business shout out because we get to meet new people. We don't get to meet new people anymore. We don't mm. get to have interactions with people that we don't know anymore. And today we are talking to Steve Goldberg, a small business shout out brought to you by Spectrum Business. Switch to Spectrum Business and get the best internet and phone for business. Now, we all know a business like Steve. Steve runs Hank's Tire in Woodland Hills, and they have been around since 1953. Truly a family run business. Hey, Steve, thanks for joining us today. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Uh, first of all, who's Hank? Well, Hank was my father who started it in 1953, and he passed away uh, two years ago. But uh, I worked with my dad, and I've been working here ever since high school. It's the only job I've ever had. Real uh, family atmosphere there at Hank's Tire, uh, treating everybody like family, I've heard. Uh, yeah, we do. You know, I learned from my dad that you, what goes around comes around, and if you just treat people the way you want to be treated, which is the old way, um, it works. And we've been very blessed, and uh we're still here after all these years, and I've seen second and third generations come and go, and very proud of it. Now, listen, I, I know tire shops, and I know that the vast majority of the business that you guys do is people driving in, getting their tires fixed, driving away. Uh, but how have you made sure that you're protecting the, the customer, the workers that you've got? Uh, well, we're sanitizing every morning. My guys are all wearing uh, face masks. Uh, we've got gloves. We're putting uh, steering wheel covers on the cars. We have those customers that do come in and are uh, very afraid, so we allow them to stay in the car while we uh, do the tires or rotations or flat repairs. We also have a, a waiting room that's disinfected, and, uh, you know, we keep everybody six feet away. Um, but we also have a full service department where we do oil changes, brakes, and smog inspections. So we're offering free pickup and delivery for those people that 
are afraid to get out of their house. Um, and it's just doing what we can to make everybody feel safe. Sometimes when your dad has a family business, uh, there's pressure to get into it, but maybe it's not really your lane. Has this always been what you wanted to pour your heart into? Um, when I was growing up, my, uh, I went to college and everything, and everybody wanted me to become an, an attorney. But uh, I always came down here during the summer and on weekends, and uh, I am my father. You know, I'm so much like my dad that my wife thinks that she married him. But uh, he's been, uh, you know, we've been around a long time. We've got uh, awards. We help out all the synagogues and the schools. And, and we're very proud that the last four years we've been recognized as the best place to buy tires by the Daily News. So uh, we work hard, but um, we're very proud of our reputation. Is there, a, is there any supply line issues with, you know, we've talked a lot of, uh, with restaurants and stuff who have said that their suppliers have really stepped up and really continuing their service. Um, what about auto parts? Those are those still uh, coming in okay? Uh, the parts are hard. I mean, they, a lot of the warehouses have shortened their delivery time, so we're telling the customers, please be patient. We may not get the car done in an hour or two. Um, a lot of the tired delivery guys are down to one-day delivery instead of two and three. The inventory is available, um, but we're very proud that we carry over 3,000 tires in stock, so we have a lot of inventory, and we've got tires that fit everything, and we've got the, all different categories. We've got the good, the better, the best. So right now, a lot of people don't want to spend a lot of money, so we have the inexpensive tires. We're competitive with everybody, but we're just proud, and, and we get people in and out really quick. So 20, 30 minutes, you're in and out with a set of tires. Oh, that's great. That is great. All right. Well, uh, Steve, we wish you the best. Thanks for jumping on with us. Appreciate it. Well, we thank you. And um, just everybody, just stay safe. Absolutely. Steve Goldberg, again, the owner of Hank's Tires over there in Woodland Hills. You can find the website hankstire.com, hankstire.com. And again, they will do uh, some pickup uh, and delivery if you if you're not so certain about getting out there, but you know your car needs some new tires or brake checks or something like that, uh, Hank's Tire in Woodland Hills is our small business segment today. Brought to you by Spectrum Business. Switch to Spectrum Business. Get the best internet and phone for business. The governor is holding his daily press briefing right now, and the big piece of new information to come out of that is that he says that they're considering starting the next school year earlier possibly in late July, to make up for the lost learning during this uh, winter springtime. So putting kids back in classrooms in, in late July. July. They yeah. also have those indicators up there, the six different indicators for modifying the stay-at-home order. One of them is making my head hurt, trying to figure out just what the hell it means. <laughs> Therapeutic development to meet the demand. Therapeutic development enough to pills, meet the demand. Enough medicines, maybe. Why to... doesn't that just say enough medicine, then? Because they're smarter than, than, no. than us. They seem like it when they use words like that. It's like they use these uh, these dumbass kindergarten analogies, like dim the dimmer switch. But then when <laughs> they get to like the, the things that are going to matter for us to get back to living... Uh, they try to get all flowery with their language instead of just t saying it like it is. It's like, whatever. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. We're going to be talking about uh, antibody tests that you can now get online. At least you can order it online. We'll talk about that when we come back. Beautiful people, top designer.
for all of the information on where to get Dodger dogs. I have secured some. But but ahead of National Barbecue Month, huh? Or are you just prepping for it? Or you don't uh, give a damn. You're going to put them okay. dogs in your mouth no matter what. Yep. Okay. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Dr. Sonia Angel, California Public Health Director, is the one who's speaking up in Sacramento now at the Governor's News Conference. And they're talking about not just the six criteria that we were talking about, how to reopen the, the, the goal posts that need to be uh, reached, I guess, before we can begin the process of reopening. They've added four stages to the reopening. We're in stage one right now, which is preparedness, basically stockpiling all of our PPEs, making sure that our hospital capacity can handle whatever needs to happen. Stage two would be a reopening of some of those lower risk workplaces, what they said. Uh, So that would be uh, places where it's easier to space out, where it's easy, even retail establishments, where it would be easier to make sure that there are a restricted number of people, that there would be that safe social distancing. Also in stage two would be childcare facilities that would and some schools that would be allowed to reopen with significant um, social distancing policies in place. Newsom also talking about kids going back to classrooms as soon as July. He says no formal decisions have been made, but an earlier school year may be necessary because of all the learning losses for schools that have been closed uh, since March. So we'll keep an eye on that. Also today, Quest Diagnostics announced that individuals can now order a coronavirus antibody test online. Mark Remillard is following the story for us and joins us now from New York. Mark, what do you know? Yeah, so Quest has, uh, as you mentioned there, uh, started selling antibody tests online direct to consumers, basically. So uh, this would allow you to go uh, directly to the website, order it and schedule an appointment to go down to one of their locations. They have about 2,200 of them across the country to make an appointment to get your blood drawn, and then you would get your results back in about a day or two. Uh, This would essentially skip the process of having to go to your doctor and get a doctor's recommendation to then get the antibody test. However, the caveat of that is if you do it in this way where you go directly to Quest, you're probably going to be paying out of pocket for that and not getting that through your insurance. That's interesting because my understanding was that most of the government agencies, whether it's at the state or federal level, have been trying to make sure that nobody has to pay for a for a test. Yeah, under the CARES Act, particularly the federal guidelines as part of that had said that any uh, you know COVID nineteen testing, including antibody testing, was covered. But right now, it seems that the only way to get that billed through your insurance is to get that doctor's recommendation first. Whereas this is more like a retail option. It's $119 is what it costs, and I can just skip that process, pay out of pocket if I want to, and go down and get my test. So I think that's where where the reason that you're not actually getting this covered. However, as I said, if you were to get a doctor's recommendation, then you could go through Quest and bill it like you would any other test, and it would be covered. How many of the Quest uh, diagnostic centers are open? Yeah, so they have 2,200 of them. Um, they are open. Uh, all of those are, are open according to Quest. However, they do say that a, a lot of the time the hours have been shifted right now uh, due to coronavirus. And so when you go online and you order your test, you're immediately prompted to go to a scheduling assistant, essentially. And uh, from there, uh, presumably, you would find your 
local or closest diagnostic center that you could go down and get your blood drawn and schedule a time to do that. Uh, Quest does say that two things about this. Uh, do not go down if you are presenting symptoms or think you actively have COVID-19 because first off, they worry about the safety of their people who don't have the proper PPE for that kind of, uh, of, of people going down there with that. But then the other thing too is if you test too soon, your body may not have built up the antibodies needed for the test to be effective and you might actually get a false negative if you go too soon so you can make a, make an appointment pay for this but you want to make sure you do it uh, i think it's a minimum of 10 days symptoms free before you actually go down and do this yeah it's interesting that there are so many different you know the issue of testing in general breaks down into the two specific areas and we're talking about in this case quest making it uh, the antibody test available, the scheduling available online, not a normal COVID test to see if you've got it right now that you were presenting symptoms. Those people need to go to their doctors. But if you think you may have had it uh, and wanted to see if you were had, were exposed to it back in February or January or whenever you think you might have had it, that that's this, that's this antibody testing that we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. It's it's for exactly for those purposes. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there, perhaps myself included, where, you know, a couple of weeks back I had a cough and wondered, did I have it? But I never presented symptoms to the fact where uh, my doctor said you should come down uh, and get tested. And for people, especially back when you go back a few months from February and March, it was hard to get a COVID-19 test to actually find out if you had it at the time. And so there may be a lot of people now several weeks later, a month later, who are thinking, I, I really am curious if I have that. Again, we still don't know what the effect of that is, right? We still don't know that you're immune to it, that you can't get reinfected, but at least you may know that you have it. Uh, and if eventually we understand immunity in relation to COVID-19, you, you may already know your answer if you're able to you know, drop the $120 and, and go do that. Yeah, I just, it's with all that uncertainty of about whether the antibodies mean that you're immune. I just don't know how valuable that information is if you have the antibodies, but you're not immune and you can get reinfected, even if you had it, and what you do with that information. I mean... It's kind of to each its own right now, right? Because yeah. it, because it is, that's exactly the issue is, is we don't know that. It, if I go down and if I do this and I go down and get one of these tests, it doesn't mean, well, hey, I can go back to work tomorrow. Right. Because I know that I'm immune, and that's that's part of the issue here. And I think, yeah, it, I, I presume it's just a matter of of time and research to to understand how the immunity works in the body. If it if you are exposed to it, you recover. Are you immune permanently? Is there a period of time in which you're immune? Maybe a year or five years or something like that. They just don't know the answer to that. And Quest, you know, says that directly on their website. Hey. We don't know the effectiveness of this in terms of uh, how immune people will be from this, but we can tell you whether or not you think, if you think you've been exposed and you may have had it and you want to know whether or not your body has, has built up any antibodies essentially through this test, you can get that. Now, another caveat here is you could get a false positive because if you've actually, and perhaps this is more rare, but if you've been exposed to other coronaviruses, you could potentially get a false positive because this isn't specific to COVID-19, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. So that's another thing to pay attention to as well. All right, Mark, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. You bet. Mark Remillard there in New York. When we come back, uh, D.C.
Are they going to get back to business in the uh, in the Capitol building or maybe not? Swamp Watch, when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. A couple things have come out of uh, Governor Newsom's news conference this morning, uh, this afternoon, actually. Um, Along with the six criteria for beginning the process of reopening, uh, the governor and Dr. Sonia Angel, director of California Public Health, came out with four stages of reopening. First one would be safety and preparedness. That's where we are right now. So we're staying home. We're building up our testing capacity and the hospital capacity, stockpiling our PPEs. Stage two would be the opening of some lower risk workplaces uh, with some adaptations. For example, uh, retail sites could reopen as long as they had curbside pickup, manufacturing, offices, uh, some more public spaces would be available. Stage three would have been some of the higher risk um, environments, they call them higher risk workplaces like hair salons, nail salons, gyms, movie theaters, and that sort of thing. And here's what uh, the governor said specifically about what that would look like and the timeline for that. The foundational point uh, of emphasis we want to advance today is phase two, as was presented by Dr. Angel, is in weeks, not months. Phase three and four months, not weeks. All right, so the governor's saying we are not going to see hair salons, gyms, movie theaters, sports, months. The president said that our experts believe the worst days of the pandemic are behind us today. And also, Mike Pence has a thing about not wearing a mask. He was touring the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, talking to a Mayo employee who has recovered from COVID-19, and he's the only one in the room not wearing a mask. There's also no social distancing going on with Mike Pence in that room as he's around like four or five or six other people. He's the only one not wearing the mask. He also is the only participant not to wear a mask during a roundtable discussion as well. Well, I would say one thing about that. The assumption is that he's been so protected. He and the president have been so protected in terms of anybody who comes close to either one of those guys has been tested. Yes, but as the vice president, you are an example. That's the only problem I have with it, is that they've got to be the face of this fight. All right, so in Washington, D.C., the House has actually reversed course. They are not going to go back to Washington as expected. Mary Alice Parks joining us, uh, covering the story for ABC News and for KFI from Washington. Mary Alice, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good, but still under relative lockdown. I mean, the nation's capital is pretty much shuttered, so I wasn't so surprised by this news. Um, the the images that I've seen, though, of the people who have been in the Capitol, we were just talking about masks. Everybody seems to be adhering to the, to the social distancing guidelines for masks, et cetera, right? Yeah, absolutely. We saw Speaker Pelosi in the Capitol. Uh, she was in an orange pantsuit with kind of a matching orange mask. It felt very uh, typical of, of her and all of her um, uh, sort of security and protection, also with masks walking far from her but nearby. And we've seen the pictures of, of um, members of Congress gaveling 
into session with masks on, even from behind the diet. So you're right, they've been careful, but I think we're going to continue to see a big push for the possibility of remote voting as the House waits to call everyone back. What does it mean for legislation to be put on pause? Are there any pressing matters that are not going to be tended to with with the uh, members of Congress out? Well, sure. I think there's. A, I think a lot of Americans would talk about pressing pieces of legislation, and that's why this is controversial. There's a lot of Republicans that say this shouldn't have been. Um, this shouldn't have been the decision that they should have been back to work in in a real way in Washington, and we've seen Pelosi really take some flack for for looking uh, on both sides of the issue of remote voting. First, she seemed to say she didn't think it was possible. Then her members of her Democratic caucus said that they really had to find a way to pass important, meaningful legislation, but also stay stay safe and at home and working on the issues back in their districts. So she put together this task force to look at the issue of remote voting. And I think we're going to see some real conversation there because Republicans are hammering from the other side saying there's work we have to do. We got to get back and get stuff done. Well, and it's also, uh, you know, by party lines, whether everybody should get back to living or not. You know, I think that Mm -hmm. Republicans traditionally have always worried about the economy, whereas Democrats worry about social issues. And I think there's definitely a party line divide when it comes to going back to work. And it would make no difference if it was for the the Congress people, too. I think you're right. And Republicans, the House, no doubt, are taking some clues from Republicans in the Senate. Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell has been very clear saying he wants to get back to work. He is bringing the Senate back. He has said he does not want to pass bills remotely or through proxy vote. He wants his senators working in Washington, just like you say, sort of setting an example for the country getting back to work as well. Uh, One of the questions that we've had just in general and society in general is what's going to look different about this when we're on the other side Mm -hmm. uh, of this. Is Congress going to look different? I mean, outside of the potential uh, for for remote voting. Is there anything else that you could see that could change as a result of all of this? Well, we're being told that any provisions to allow for remote voting or proxy voting, if they do figure that out, would be temporary. There's a lot of um, actual pretty heavy language in the Constitution in regulations that doesn't um, allow for any long-term changes to to allow for proxy voting. So I'm not sure that would be a long-term change. But sure, I think there's other ways that we will see changes. You know, we've seen members of Congress packed in tight quarters with members of the public, with members of the press. I wonder if the physical layout and landscape of Capitol Hill will change. And we're going to have to figure out as members of the press how to handle that because it will continue to be important for us to be able to shout questions at politicians. That's a a part of what we do to provide accountability um, and to talk one-on-one freely in in the people's house on Capitol Hill. And so we'll have to find a way to be able to do that um, in a healthy way, but that keeps, keeps our politicians accountable too. Mary Alice Parks, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Great information. Thanks. Uh, we come back. We'll play a little bit of uh, what the governor was saying, or a little uh, the extended version of what Dr. Sonia Angel was referring to when she has four phases of recovery for uh, for the state of California. Yeah, L.A. County is not doing their one o'clock update today. The Board of Supervisors met uh, earlier today. You know, Chris and Carlo, I think, was there or monitoring it from from home or whatever Excellent. they're doing. Uh, maybe we'll get him on. Also, a story out of Wisconsin. We've all been coping in different ways, right?
There's a man. Yes, Dodger Dog, we have. Dodger dogs are delicious. I'm not saying they're not, but you literally called around to find them. Well, I found them. There's a man in Wisconsin <laughs> who has been stealing underwear from laundromats <laughs> and starting fires with the stolen underwear. Wait, what? Yeah, what he does is he goes into the laundromats and he finds women's underwear. He's and a he, panty pyro? And he wears the women's underwear, too. And then he lights them on fire? And then he lights them on fire and sets homes ablaze. Let's get Victor in here. I see another screenplay coming. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue. I like that you broken, broken like me. Maybe that makes me a fool. I like that you're lonely, lonely like me. I could be lonely with you. <laughs> People are not going to not get their hair cut for months. Like, I don't see that happening. You know, there's there going to be, be like, this, there's going to be like one thing, that's the first, like the, the, the straw that breaks the back, like the, the one thing that people seize on, right. like whether it's like, uh, you know, going to the beach or, or whatever, going on a hike. I feel like it's going to be the hair thing. Well, is it to me, that's like a, it's one of the most visible indicators of the passage of time is someone's hair, especially right. on men. Right. Right? If they I mean if their hair is relatively short. Nick looks like an animal right now. He looks like Beast from Beauty and no. the Beast. But like if Jacob's hair was long if Jacob's anyway. hair gets too long, oh, we'll all start to feel oh, uncomfortable. It's be bad. Not like not like oh Jacob looks bad, but man, that looks like it's uncomfortable. Have you ever had long hair Jeez. before, Jake? Yeah, I have. Okay. I looked really Korean when I was younger <laughs> and I had longer hair. You do so, kind of look Korean. Yeah, so I'm kind of avoiding that. My son has uh, has long hair. It's beautiful hair, be- but it's getting to the point where it's annoying. It's annoying him, and I know he wants to get his hair cut. Well, there's a, a bunch of tutorials on how to cut your hair. Trust me, I would in a heartbeat cut his hair for him if he wanted me to, if he allowed me to, I should say, because I know you cut he- mine. Uh, well, I was just saying this off the air to Shannon. If, in fact, we go for a couple of months, the governor's words, not mine, if we go for a couple of months without having barbershops and beauty salons open, we're going to have to pick a day, maybe June 1st, something. We'll have to pick a day that's home haircut day where we just kind of cut each other's hair. And we could do an Instagram live. And we could do Instagram live. We do like a haircut train where we all cut each other's. Mm. Okay. Uh, Why is that weird? I don't know. If we could make it a lottery, like, Nick, you get to pick the names of the three other people here. See who cuts your hair. Okay. I will totally look at all the tutorials and, and become and an practice. ex. And become Not practice. Oh. Well, I'll practice on you before I do Jake's hair. Why? Well, he's younger. He's got life to live. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so the governor says he yeah. wants schools maybe back in, in session in July. He says we're not going to get haircuts for months. What other pertinent information has he shared? Well, I, I'll say this. The the number of the stages, I suppose, is probably the biggest issue. The, the, the stages of how it is we will reopen in what sections. And uh, he pointed out a couple of things about this today. Number one, these are... I, and he didn't use the word fungible, but I would say they're fungible. I mean, there are things that could be moved around a little bit. But the four stages, 
Stage one is safety and preparedness. It's where we are right now. We're at stage one. We're, we're staying home. We're flattening the curve. We're social distancing. We're building up our testing capacity, the, the personal protective equipment that's required at first-line responders, hospital capacities as well. Now, here's what I don't understand. What, what is the metric for that? Because if you're just talking about hospital capacity, we are so low in terms of what we were expecting to be an overrun of our hospital facilities. That has not happened. There are entire floors of hospitals that are closing. Nurses and doctors are literally being laid off because there's not enough business. And and that's even in the context of coronavirus and people who have been taking care of uh, coronavirus. Um, but So that, that part is not clear. Stage two. Reopening those lower risk workplaces. What is a lower risk workplace? He uses this uh, as an example. Places Re- where we don't touch each other. Retail, okay. where you could go and and maybe at curbside delivery. You know, you order something from I don't know a clothing store and they bring it out to your car. But how do you know what clothes you want if you're not going to go in and look at them and try them on? You don't just order a, a clothing item. You don't order a cloth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Uh, manufacturing that is currently closed. I don't even know what size I am anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Offices, if telework is not possible and you have to go in, those are some of the lower risk places, and then more public spaces, parks and trails and things like that is what they were talking about. That's phase two. And according to the governor, phase two is what he would say um, is days, I'm sorry, weeks, not months. Phase two as was presented by Dr. Angel, is in weeks, not months. Phase three and four months, not weeks. Here quickly for phase three is Dr. Sonia Angel, director uh, of California Public Health. The final two stages that we discussed are stage three and stage four. Stage three is the the space that we get into when we're talking about higher risk uh, workplaces. And that's uh, one of the later phases because we know that will take much more modification. We need to know much more about the movement of disease to be able to make data informed decisions about what's safe for folks. So these include places like personal hair care places, entertainment venues where people are sitting closer closer together and sporting events without live audiences. Other things that fall into this space are uh, in-person religious services like uh, churches and weddings. And we'll need to think carefully about what kinds of provisions can be put in place so that people can join, but in a way that doesn't expose them to increased risk for COVID-19. That's one of those points of flexibility that I would have an issue with. Sports without an audience, that should not... That's in stage three? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That's months away? If you're talking about uh, the doctor Dodgers taking on the Angels in a crosstown game. There's there's 18 people on the field. I, yes, I know there's people in the dugouts, etc. But the assumption being, and part of the process of getting sports back together, is that those people would be tested. Those people would, you know, they a lot of them in some cases would be kind of well, quarantine's not the right word. Isolated. I'd say that they, they'd be isolated so that they don't cross-contaminate each other, right. wipe out a whole team that's out for two weeks while the rest of the baseball season goes on. That didn't make any sense. But stage four, according to the governor, stage four would be the end of the stay-at-home order, which would mean we would see concerts. We would see Dodger Stadium filled to capacity. We would see convention centers running conventions again. That That is more likely next spring, just based on what they have said. Their projection, Because, because yeah. that's, that's when you've got either herd immunity or a vaccine 
or both. You got massive treatments available to people. You've got all of the PPEs you could throw a stick at. Could and, you imagine football season and baseball season starting in the spring? No. No, no, no. I don't think again. My my issue with the the mathematical solutions that they have come up with are yes, that all makes perfect sense. They're not understanding that the groundswell of people who want to get out and want their, I don't know, haircut, their nails done, whatever it is. Yes, that makes us soft. But you know what? That's also what makes us human. But they're making the rules. Do you think Gavin Newsom's getting his hair done? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know, actually. I haven't really been looking at that hair. He wears it kind of long usually anyway. I just. Even if people want the NFL to start or they want baseball to start, that doesn't will it in. Doesn't will it into existence. No, that part of it I understand, but I'm just talking about. Listen, if like these are the people that make the rules, and if they say we have to do these four phases or whatever, uh, then that's what we're going to have to do. Probably if they're going to be going out and policing the situation. But then. To the to the governor's point, there's a lot of this is regionalities, and a lot of this will be determined by county. True. So, do you would think you that he be, would ever back down to pressure from from? No, he's already said he wouldn't. Right. But that doesn't that doesn't mean there won't be underground economies that spring up. Of you know, don't look now, but uh, the the person who's dressed up as your gardener actually comes in and cuts your hair, but pretends to be your gardener. Right. Oh, they're so. total, uh, there already is. Well, that's what I mean. I, I, they're ignoring all of that, that pent up, uh, I don't know, that, that pent up desire to get out and do things, I suppose. But what is it he's supposed to do? Address it? Like, how do you address it? They could acknowledge it. I mean, they're saying we know we want to get back out there. We want to be able to tell you that you can get back out there. But but they're they can yeah. say that. But yeah. they're they're talking to each other. They're all sitting around a table. They've all got jobs. They've all got catered lunches. They've all got this. You not you're not sitting at a table with somebody who hasn't had a paycheck in forty two days. Right. It would be nice to acknowledge those people. That's going to be the part is if yeah. they ever breach that that line to show that they have perspective about right. the suffering perspective. Good point. Yes. I want to talk about Tupac when we come back. Oh, Chris and Carla, when we come back. Oh, crap. But we will talk about Tupac I mean, before the not, end of the show. Chris is great, but he's not Tupac, but he's not Tupac. But we will talk about Tupac before, too. Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You going to make it? Oh, you're standing up now. Got to, got to. All right, I'll stand up. Got to. Followed uh, Gavin Newsom in the uh, regular daily news conference out of Sacramento. Uh, And as we get through and can digest some of the stuff that he was referring to today, uh, we'll have a better idea of exactly how it is that he and uh, the leaders in the state want to get things back open and running. 
Chris Ancarlo was monitoring the Board of Supervisors meeting for L.A. County today. He joins us now with all the latest. What was uh, the discussion about, Chris? Hey, hey guys, it's uh, it's still going on. We've got a lot of stuff on the agenda. Some people like to binge TV shows during epidemics or pandemics. I like to binge supervisor meetings, and this one promises to be a good like ten or eleven hours. So yeah, there's um, one assignment that I don't miss as a reporter. <laughs> it's going to the board of supervisors meeting. I mean, you lose chunks of your life at those things. I I appreciate that sentiment. I am weird. I like covering these things, and I've kind of explained it before but basically you end up with so many other story ideas when you come out of it because not only of what they're discussing at the dais but also you know all the people that come to comment and uh you hear some crazy wacky things <laughs> but today especially important because they're talking about the budget they're talking also about the potential relaxing of these stay at home or safer at home orders here in la county so I'll, I'll start just kind of running down what it is that they're looking for in terms of economic recovery they did two uh pretty big things today. Number one is they ordered the departments of health within the county. So that's the Department of Public Health, uh, Mental Health, and then Health Services to come back in a week and basically say, here are the prerequisites that we need in order for us to feel satisfied that we can start to relax some of these orders. So that is the first step that we have seen now toward that um, trying to get back to whatever the new normal is. That is not saying that we're just around the corner here on opening everything back up as much as it is that the planning for opening things back up needs to happen now while we're at the deepest part of this thing so that uh, when we come back out, hopefully there is some organization to it. I say hopefully uh, optimistically, by the way. So uh, moving on to the other thing that they talked about in regards to that was setting up basically a big economic task force. So bringing in businesses and labor and city governments and nonprofits and kind of sitting around and, and hashing out a strategy and figuring out a way to raise money and put money into available buckets for each of these businesses to use so they can go out and rehire people. Because right now, the numbers are staggering. It's like 2.4 million fewer jobs in LA County uh, pre-pandemic versus right now. And um, you know, you're talking about 30% unemployment based off of that figure. So speaking of numbers, and just in case anybody wants their eyes to glaze over, we'll talk about the budget, uh, $35 billion budget that uh, has been recommended. Now, the thing is about this, and uh, people are going to hear it, and it's going to set off alarm bells. Um, and let me explain why they do it this way. It doesn't, for the most part, in, include the impact of COVID-19 and the pandemic. And the reason for that is they start planning these budgets like months and months and months ago. So right now they're scurrying on the back end to figure out, okay, what do we have to shift? What do we have to change? What do we have to cut? What do we have to do whatever to? And next month is when the official public hearing begins. And then in June is when the, when the uh, board finally votes on the budget. So by the time we get to June, that's when we're going to see what the budget actually looks like. Right now, it's basically a projection. Typically, in a given year when you know we aren't completely shut down, it would be pretty close in the ballpark you know, to what we see in June. Not this year. It's going to be a radical realignment, much like what we're seeing at the state budget. Uh, some staggering numbers that we found out. For example, the amount of money that the county has cash on hand right now is about $200 million, which sounds like a ton of money. But consider, typically, they want to have about $1.1 billion on hand. That's how they cover payroll. That's how they cover all of the day-to-day -day expenses. And when you're down that low, you get into scary territory. 
category. They do have a rainy day fund. They've made some moves to start tapping into that and cover some of the X's and O's uh, in the interim. And they're also hoping to get some uh, reimbursement from the state and federal governments to help cover some of the costs here. Um, And yeah, I'm sorry. Can you hang on for another segment? Because I wanted to also talk about the ongoing battle between the supervisors and the sheriff as well. They got into it. You don't want to hear about that. That's boring. There's no, no drama there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, of course. I can. All right, cool. Chris and Carl is joining us. The latest on uh, L.A. County Board of Supervisors. That's why there is no L.A. County public health update today because the big Board of Supervisors meeting that's going on. We'll come back. Continue with Chris. Money. Trying to act all innocent with your narwhal. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, we didn't get the uh, regular update from Los Angeles County, uh, at least not the full news briefing that they've been doing on a regular basis because the Board of Supervisors is meeting right now, big budget meeting, but... We did get numbers. We did get some numbers. Uh, The county confirmed 59 new deaths and almost 600 cases, uh, positive tests, I should say, of coronavirus 36 people who died were over the age of 65 and they said 42 of those 59 42 of them had underlying health conditions so uh again the percentages have stayed pretty steady in terms of the people in la county who have been dying Uh, the the majority of vast majority of them have been dying with underlying health conditions chris ancarlo is nuts because he doesn't mind covering the board of supervisors uh but that's good uh what were the fireworks between the supervisors and the sheriff i understand there were more today there were more i wasn't Honestly, I wasn't expecting much of a flashpoint, and uh, that shows you what I know, maybe. Uh, So the supervisors were getting ready to approve another $83 million for the sheriff's department. Uh, The sheriff had been requesting more money to cover additional costs, overtime, staffing, whatever. Um, And especially given the COVID pandemic, there were some extra costs as well. He has been complaining for a while about how the supervisors, in his opinion, have been overreaching into the work of his department and uh, have been reaching into and micromanaging what he does on a day in, day out basis, according to him. The supervisors, for their part, for a while have said that he's been mismanaging in a lot of ways, and they're not saying exactly that, but this is what they mean between the lines, that he's been mismanaging uh, the way the department operates and more specifically the budget and so there were some budgetary restraints placed upon the sheriff's department and he continues to make the case that that should not exist and so he continues to fire off at them about the fact that they're not giving him according to him the amount of money that he needs and they say "Uh, not really so in handing out this money uh supervisor sheila kuehl was the one who really kind of moved this motion forward and she was just talking about uh some things that were uncomfortable uh for example the fact that she was upset that the sheriff put through 44 promotions just in the last couple of weeks and by putting through those promotions that is an increased cost because when you go up in rank you also go up in pay um and also talking about other things that the sheriff could be doing in order to save money and she pointed out that all other county departments have a balanced budget 
except for the sheriff's department. And so the sheriff comes on and he makes his piece. Honestly, he spends like 15 minutes citing random legal precedent and uh, and continues to go on and on and on about it until he gets to the end of it. And when he gets to the end of it, he brings back up this point that had been brought up by Kuehl and had been brought up before that technically speaking, according to the law here in California, if you're out of budget, it could be a misdemeanor. And so here's his response. Misdemeanor crime. There's a lot of crimes there. Misdemeanors, a lot of crimes are felonies. And uh, I could go on for a long, long time about a, the long list of felony crimes and the consequences of them. And they're done by public officials. But it would be inappropriate to make that inference in any form, much less in a budgetary debate. And uh, so good luck with that if you're going to scare me with the claim about a misdemeanor crime. We're doing our job in very trying times, and we need you to work with me. So uh, any questions, please? No, uh, I don't see any questions. Um, I'm going to let Sachi Amai speak, and then I would just like to say that I don't I don't know if that was a bailed threat or what you were referring to that you just mentioned, Sheriff Villanueva. Um, no need to respond. I just wanted to let for the record that I, I didn't appreciate that um, comment. This meeting is dripping in passive aggressiveness. It was, <laughs> it was one of those things where you, you heard it go back and forth, and I played the extended cut. I need to pare that down. But um, basically, what he was inferring is that you know maybe uh, yeah maybe there are felonies on the horizon. I don't know. You know, uh, just uh, I'm gonna pull my best uh, J Edgar Hoover here and try to intimidate you into giving me more money. And and all of the supervisors responded in different ways. And you heard Barger's response. Um, and I don't have it queued up, but uh, Kuehl's response was, I, I feel a little like Dr. Fauci. I want to come up behind him and just say, no, 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 that's not the way this works. Um, so there Well, you there go. have More been drama. a number of felony crimes committed by public officials in L.A. County. I what? Mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Illinois or anything like that, but, uh, but this is definitely, you know, there are plenty. Uh, I just thought that that was a, a Wasn't good... Wasn't there just that uh, property assessor? Uh, uh, John Noguez, right? And he commits some felonies. Well, I mean, your definition of felony and my definition of felony, well, it's probably the same thing. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I'm, Wasn't I'm not a the, lawyer, the, but that probably. city official in Bell convicted of like 11 felonies. <laughs> I mean, these are just things I'm calling up. He's not wrong, <laughs> no. Yeah, but he but he leveled it at the board of supervisors. Right. Like I'm going to go after yeah. you and uh, uncover I, felonies I would if you don't give me that money. I would never make that assertion in such an important meeting as this, but I just did. Just did. Exactly right. <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. It's uh, yeah. That's oh, why you know. That's why I'm here for for the supervisors. They're just and, they're all unlikable to me. Like unlikable characters. Uh, the way that they bloviate and they all think they're so self important. If right. I remember correctly, the supervisors' meetings. Um, Different supervisors back then, but uh, the same kind of attitude of, uh, you know, we're in charge of our fiefdoms here. And the sheriff comes in, also an unlikable guy. And so the, the fact that those two bodies are going after it, it's, it's, it's kind of an, an entertaining to watch. And it's Chris, like Ozark, season three. <laughs> that's a good point. And then, listen, don't sell yourself short. I know that you're a nerd and you like these meetings, but you're still fun at parties. I didn't know you could uh, play the guitar. Depends. Uh, you know, I've, I've been learning and I'm not very good. I, I really suck at it, but uh, it's it's enough to impress my wife, and that's all that counts. <laughs> what just happened? Did, I'm laughing at I that to... because I'm I'm assuming that there was some guitar playing before the baby making. Was I supposed to keep talking there? No. It, 
Uh, no, this just isn't awkward. <laughs> I think she just appreciates his artistic ability. Yeah, but not Nick's, like you're, you're. You're making it weird. You're making Nick, it can like. Nick, hear it, me? No, Nick left. Yeah, Nick's gone. Oh, he needs to stop texting me. <laughs> Chris, thank you. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. All right, Tupac. When we come back, mm-hmm. Tupac filed for unemployment benefits. Jacob, get us some Tupac music. Done. Gary and Shannon will continue. Nothing's ever gonna move it when the bones are good. The rest don't matter. Yeah, the pain could peel. The glass could shatter. Let it rain. Cause you and I remain the same. When there ain't a crack in the foundation. Baby, I know when it's gone. We're facing the over while we stay put. I would the tell them you were not feeling well. I've passed out before. Not here. No. I was in Mexico getting a tattoo by Sergio. (laughs) LA County Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer says she's optimistic that relief from health orders prompted by this pandemic could be just weeks away. That the county could be able to consider lifting some restrictions in the middle of May. The current stay-at-home order is in effect until May 15th. If they just begin considering yeah, in the middle is, of May. This is not good. This is like when when your parents told you, listen, if you're good, uh, right. you might get a nice treat at the we end of it. We can talk about maybe. Right. How about this? You behave yourself for two hours. There's a bowl of ice cream in it for you. And you you know what the goal is. You know what the reward is. And you're on your best behavior. I hated for two that hours. vague S. It doesn't work. That's the thing is, it doesn't work. Right. And that's why I talk about this, this, the, you know, bubbling up a frustration. If you don't give people specific goals, telling them to stay there doesn't mean anything. We're flattening the curve. I know that we are, but what? Give me a score. Give me a, give me a, give me an actual measuring stick by which I can base my actions. All right. Well, the Kentucky governor, Andy Bashir, was very upset last night during his Monday night news conference. He was talking about the bad apples. Them bad apples. You understand that, unfortunately, um, it's going to take a little bit of time in these because a couple of bad apples uh, can make uh, uh, this challenge that much more difficult. For instance, we had somebody apply for unemployment for Tupac Shakur here in Kentucky. And that person probably thought they were being funny. They probably did. Except for the fact that because of them, we've got to go through so many other claims that one person thinking that they were funny, using somebody else's identity, is going to make tens of thousands, potentially, of other people wait. I love that he says, here in Kentucky, like everyone knows Tupac lives in L.A. You know what I mean? Like, it's so crazy that it's right. in Kentucky. Like, dude's been dead for how many years? A lot of years. 20-something, 20 22 years. Know. He died in 97, I think. Wow. So here's the problem, y'all. There is a real Tupac Shakur living there in Kentucky who's waiting on his unemployment benefits. Yeah, Tupac Malik Shakur goes by the name Malik. Lives in Lexington, worked as a cook at Alfalfa's and Lina's in Lexington before they closed up to help stop the spread of COVID-19. He's one of those guys who has gone several weeks now without a paycheck. On the first day he could, he applied for unemployment insurance on March 13th. And he has been waiting on his money ever since. He's been struggling for the last month trying to figure out how to pay the bills. 
He's been trying to figure out why his claim didn't go through, why it's being held up. He said he never would have guessed that his claim didn't go through because they thought it was a joke. Now, he says, I'm hurt, I'm embarrassed, I'm shocked. The, to his credit, the governor, once they figured out that that was a real guy, the governor got on the phone, called Tupac, and apologized to him. The history of the name, though, listen, he wasn't born Tupac Shakur. His, I guess his dad um, practiced Islam, and after his father died in the early 90s, that's when Tupac took up the faith and had his name legally changed about 1998. Well, hold on a second. Like you said, the Tupac Shakur that you and I know so very well died in 97. This guy chose the name in 98. He says he, he chose expecting? He chose the last name because it means thankful to God in Arabic. He may not even uh, listen to Tupac's music. Tupac may not have been on his radar. I guess that's possible. But how do you pick a name like that? How do you tell your friends, guys... I am for forever forward going to be known as Tupac Shakur. And they go, seriously? What? What I do? What? And they have to tell him, you just named yourself after the rapper who was just, finger quotes, killed back in L.A. Yeah, that that's a hard sell. Uh, but I just think it's funny that it was the one example that the Kentucky governor used. Hmm. <laughs> the one example he used of a, somebody filing under a fake name, and it was it was real. Um, Shakur did say he appreciated the call from the governor. He forgives the governor for the error. He says, I understand he's dealing with a lot and mistakes happen. That's nice. At least he's not, uh, at least he's not threatening to sue somebody. A record number of people have filed for unemployment in Kentucky. By the way, that is going to be the worst news of the week on Friday when we get our unemployment numbers. Yeah. It really is. Friday is going to be a punch in the gut because you're looking at the potential for 20% unemployment throughout the United States. Uh, close to 24% of Kentucky's workforce is unemployed right now. The state processed 150,000 claims that were being held up Sunday night. Another 70,000 claims for people who had applied for unemployment in uh, in March were being released. So not great news. I uh, have good news. Get it. Number one. Yes. Tomorrow is Tarzan Wednesday. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to. Okay. Number two. Tomorrow we may get Steve Gregory's test results on if he's got the COVID or not. And if he's got the COVID. bets on that at all? Oh. It I, was just. Put a, give uh, me a thumbs up. Was it just a COVID test or was it like, oh, they're running a whole battery of things? I think it's just the COVID test. Um, I'll put money on this. Okay. I'll bet he has it for, for sport. How much you want to bet? I don't think he has it. I don't even know what cash is anymore, by the way. I was going to see how much cash I had in my purse, and I haven't used that in uh, a month and a half. I should have given you some cash for the pizza. I don't want your dirty money. Okay. You bought the vodka. I did. So we're good. Did we have those on the same day? Did you have that vodka on the same day that we had the pizza? No. Somebody got into that thing. It's open by now. Pizza is. I mean, the vodka. <laughs> Pizza. I think that was on a different day. Oh, okay. I don't think we made two bad decisions on one day. Uh, yeah, that doesn't seem like us at all, does it? Here's another piece of good news. Yeah. 
Tomorrow, we are going to do True Crime Wednesday. Oh, so I should save this. Save one. this. Yeah. Okay. We're going to talk about whether a murder gene is a thing. All right. Excellent. Gary and Shannon, uh, John and Ken coming up next, and they're going to have all of the uh, the updates, including everything that the governor was talking about today, about when to reopen, the new four-phase reopening plan for I the state. I heard John's going to be broadcasting live from the beach. That would be awesome. He'd be alone, wouldn't he? I don't think so. I don't think any. You know what? I haven't Is seen any live shirt shot. on, shirt off guy on the, of, of the, the beaches? I don't know. I don't either. That's what I'm asking. All I know is he buys his underwear in bulk from Lake Arrowhead. That's the only personal detail I know. Is that like an Etsy shop that somebody no, hand it's makes? like a uh, it's like a you know big box store up at Lake Arrowhead. They don't have those anywhere else. I don't know. It's just one of those, you know, accent. Yeah, quirk. Okay. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. <laughs> Blessings. So this is over. Yes. Gary and Shannon. And it's not something to clap about. It's sad. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech, while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy nonstop routes to summer, because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to 3500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, 3500 on 2020 Rogue consists of 3000 cash back and 500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 76 2020